Welcome to Global Outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to our podcast today. We're living in a really strange time. It's like no other time that's ever been before, at least in this country. And we can find this kind of description in the scriptures in 2 Timothy chapter 3. All kinds of things are are described that, man, it sounds just like right now. But how did we get so twisted? Second Timothy chapter three describes amazingly what our society has come to, especially in recent months. Philip, maybe you could read that for us. Okay, I'm reading out of the Passion Bible. This is chapter three, verse one. But you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce. People will be self-centered lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. Slaves to their desires, they will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than in the pleasures of the loving God. Wow. That sure sounds like today. Doesn't it, though? Wow. And it's and it's just escalated. It's sort of like wickedness on steroids, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but how did, how did this all start? Where, where, did, where did all this come from? I mean... It didn't just grow up overnight. I think it's been working at it for about 6,000 years or so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But how how did it start? It started, first of all, it started with the perversion of Satan. You know, he, pride. Wasn't pride in that list? Mm -hmm. Yeah, arrogance, pride. Uh, Arrogance and pride. So, So he was lifted up in pride and decided that he would become like the Most High and that he would rule from uh, the sides of the north. And, and if, you, if you look at the description of where the temple was, it was on the northern side of the city of David. Um, and and that's, that's how it was described. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city, city of the of great, great king. king. Okay, He wanted to rule from there. And guess who's sitting there right now? Yeah. Yeah, and there's been, you know, you've, you've heard it preached. I've heard it before. And I say, oh, the devil is so dumb and so stupid. Oy. But, you know, if, uh, if this was a football game right now, you know, um, it would look like the devil's team is winning. <laughs> We're at the two-minute warning. Yeah. And you've got one shot to beat the game. That's yeah. where we're at. Yeah. And we know the quarterback is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but but you look in each nation that we have, how Satan himself has a plan and what he has done in that nation, done in the leadership. Mm-hmm. You look at all the nations, how many around the world, how many have had 
had uh, political coups, you know, they've right. um, coup d'etats, and they've and they've had overthrown government. All the constitutions of all the nations have all been changed. I think England himself have had their constitution changed 12 times. America still has the same constitution. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. And, of course, they're fighting to get rid of it. Right. So Satan is not as dumb. He knows the Bible. He is a conspirator. You know, this whole thing is really a conspiracy. And and you hear people say, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory. Yeah, <laughs> there's a real conspiracy, and it started in the Garden of Eden. That's the conspiracy. And it's all about the devil wanting to have control. And if you'll remember on our last podcast that we had with Maurice Sklar, the last two, he goes into this very clearly of, uh, you know, what, what the devil's trying to do to push God's time clock and, and try and, and bring his peace in before Jesus gets his peace in of the final harvest. And, and, you know, that's why we are doing what we're doing, because we are standing in, and contending in prayer and contending in spiritual warfare for the outpouring of God, for the heart of our Father, for his outpouring. And we're equipping for the outpouring so that we can engage in the outpouring. Yes. And, and the outpouring's begun. It, it's not that it, that's not that we're still sitting around here waiting for it. It has begun worldwide. You know, it began on the day of Pentecost. Don't ever forget that. There's always been a fire of Pentecost somewhere in the earth. Somewhere there's always been revival. Yes. And and the, the conspiracy is that the devil's been trying to put out the fires all this time. But, but when, the, when the big one comes, when the outpouring comes, it'll be like the outpouring of Niagara Falls. Hello, only on steroids. Hello, it's going to be amazing. But all of this started... It all started back at the Garden of Eden when God had com- had created the whole heavens and the earth. And you can read the story in Genesis chapter 1 and how he made Adam and then he separated Eve out from Adam. And the two of them were placed in the garden and given orders, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it'll kill you. It's poison. Yeah. Now, it, it's not interpreted that way, but that's how I see it. You know, God, God is like any good parent. He would warn his children not to eat something that would hurt them. Right? I mean, right. that, mm-hmm. that's, that's what any good parent would do. Don't eat that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to kill you. It's, it's, it's poison. It's like even in scriptures, God would always give warning, always give warning to Israel. Right. Then Israel split. It was Israel and Judah. And, you know, and they'd have a good king and they'd prosper. Then they get a bad king. They go into idolatry. It was yeah. like a seesaw. Yeah. Then Judah had four bad kings right in a row, one down to Zedekiah. And that's when they went into captivity to Babylon. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when the, t- the kingdom split, Israel didn't even have a good king ever really good king because they they had this idolatry thing with the with golden calves up there so that they they would keep the people from going down to jerusalem to worship there just because it might reunite the kingdoms yeah it'd be good for everyone just to read through the book of judges yeah you you would just see every time israel would fall into sin they cry out to god he'd send a deliverer whether it be samson or jephthah or 
Deborah, Gideon, Gideon. You know, just amazing stories of uh, yeah. of uh, deliverers God would send. But but after a generation was gone, right, it fall into sin, and that's what we're at right now. We seem to be bent that direction, and it's because of the breaking that happened in the garden. In the garden, they broke the commandment. The word for evil in Hebrew is ra. It's also the word for wickedness, evil, wickedness, wicked. It's the word ra. And it comes from the word ra'ah, which means to be broken. Hmm. So when, when we break the law, something inside of us breaks also. And just like we said in a previous podcast, that broken people break their children. And the wickedness, the perversion continues. It, I'm reminded of the word perversion. It means to be twisted. And the first place that you see that in the scripture is in Deuteronomy 16 and verse 19. And I'm reading from the Amplified. You shall not misinterpret or misapply judgment. You shall not be partial or take a bribe. For a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and perverts the words of the righteous. In other words, and and I think we probably are seeing tons of this in governmental positions, in, in positions of power. People get into a position of power and they want more power. Mm-hmm. And, and they're willing to take bribes. And when you take a bribe, what you're doing is receiving a gift of some kind that will cause you to make a judgment in favor of the person that gave you the gift, whether it be a, a shift in you know, what's right and what's wrong, or maybe just, you know, my company really wants you to do this, so, you know, here, take this money and, and vote for my thing. And, you know, those kind of things, it perverts judgment, it perverts righteousness, twists it. It's like a feeling of power, and there, there's something about like being a teenager too. It's mm. like I was, I when I, I was young because I was very small, ninety-six pound freshman. Mm-hmm. You know, I stayed away. I'd stay away from football. You know, stuff like didn't that. want to get crushed. Yeah, I don't want to get get creamed. You know, so <laughs> so you know, you you go into sports that things that you can do well, but there's this thing you always want to do better. You know, mm-hmm. you want to have more power, and, and especially men. You know, men have this macho-ness about mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just inborn. inborn. That's part of the fall that kind of got twisted that way. And it's just like control. You want power. It's like in the performance world. You know, I, where I grew up in Chicago, there was a lot that was big back in the, in the 60s and 70s. You know, muscle cars, we called them. Any car that had a four-barrel carburetor had a high-compression engine on it. And you could smoke the tires, you know, with a <laughs> with a lot. And the big thing was who could smoke the tires the longest, and how fast you can go, and you know, and be living <laughs> how, in this. How, lo- how long that strip of black is going to be on the pavement? Though? Yeah, there's what just something burnout. You know, yeah, I call that a burnout or a neutral <laughs> drop. They put the car in neutral and rev it up to about three thousand RPM and drop it into drive. And I don't recommend you do that. Can not good for your <laughs> transmission. <laughs> but this is feeling of power. You know, and there's and, and that and that works on your emotions, and and I remember I I had a '63 Oldsmobile, and I was just rocking out on on something, and and some car passed me by. You know, it was a big old Pontiac Grand Prix. You know, and 
And so we just got it on, and here's about 9,000 pounds of iron because the cars were heavy back then and going about 70 miles an hour in a little tiny Ford Fairlane pulled out in front of us. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, he learned lessons the hard way. But when you have power, it can work through your emotions. Right. And I've always said about performance, the more high-performance streetcar you have, the more chances you're more liable to take. Mm-hmm. You know, like passing and things like that, because I, I experienced that even into my, even into my mid to late twenties mm-hmm. when I was still in into performance racing and and all that. But it's this feeling of power. You do anything, cost more money, a bigger camshaft, a bigger carburetor, just to get a little more edge to beat somebody else out. Mm-hmm. And at the end, it can kill you. It's true. It's true. Yeah. But you know. It all has to do with the devil telling Eve, and and I'm sure Adam was probably listening too, you know, you can be like God. Of course, that's really a big twisting because they already were like God. He made them in his, in his image. image. Yes. So, you know, it's not like they were lacking something, but... And, he, he, and they had the glory of God upon them. Right. Because it was after the fall, you know, after they sinned, all of a sudden they're... You know, they, they had to find some fig leaves to cover themselves. Right. What happened? They lost the covering of glory. That's true. And we've been trying to get it back for ourselves individually ever since. Right. But, you know, the twisting has uh-huh. to do with twisting your thinking first. First, your thinking gets twisted and a suggestion comes into your head. And it may have been something you thought up on your own, but it may have been suggested from outside. And, you, and the more you think about it... Mm-hmm. Your thinking begins to affect your words. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Then you start talking about it. And the more you talk about it, the more it tends to drive you to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's a process of steps, you know, that it starts with perverting the thinking, then it perverts the words, then it perverts the actions. And that begins to cause you to pervert the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That's the progression of it. It's Paul, Paul, it says, bring into subjection every thought. That's where it starts. That's where it starts because, you know, you're always going to get thoughts in your brain because right. as long as Satan is running around the planet mm-hmm. and all his demonic realm with him, they're going to do everything they can. And any thought, you know, the closer relationship you have with the Lord, the quicker those thoughts will dissipate. That's true. Because you think, I will keep uh, what... That will what keep it, him in perfect peace. Yes, whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in thee. Yes, and so if we can keep our mind stayed on the Lord, you know, the thoughts, they'll come. I'll guarantee you they're going to come because, mm-hmm. you know, devil's going to do everything he can, you know, to trip you up. But but we have that option. The Lord has made a way of escape for us. You it's know, that's true. in the scripture. It says you will not be tempted beyond what you can. What you're able. What you're capable of. Mm-hmm. So we know what we're capable of, but do we want to do it? Right. Or do we want to meditate on that thought? Right. Okay, this is 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. But God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust him more. For among with every trial, God has provided for you 
a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. Isn't that yes. a good promise? Yes, that's a wonderful promise. That's one of the scriptures I learned when I was very young. Everybody's tempted. Everybody is. But we don't have to give in to the temptation because God makes a way of escape so that we can bear it. And the way of escape has to do with walking with him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we didn't start out walking with him, even if we started walking with him at a young age. You know, even a child has a, a brokenness. You know, I, I, I look at our grandchildren and I, I watch how easily they are tempted into doing something that is really dangerous. Yeah. You know, like climbing up on top of the van. It's like they're, they're, <laughs> they're born with self-preservation. Well, yeah, they're also born with, with a, a bent to temptation. Mm-hmm. They're, so where does that come from? Same place, you know, the, the, it, eating from the, knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's a brokenness mm-hmm. in humankind, and that brokenness is a place where the devil can stick his javelin and get us to do something. Because he, the bottom line is God gave the authority of the earth to man. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what theologians say, I don't believe that the devil is in charge of the earth. The devil is tempting man to do things that will give the devil power. A legal right for him to do. Yes, a legal uh-huh. right for him to possess. Yeah. And the more people he can possess and the more land he can possess, the more he thinks he's in charge. But those who are believers also have dominion. Mm-hmm. It's like the 12 disciples. And Jesus said, have I not chosen you? One of you is a devil. Right. You know, this was one of the 12 chosen disciples. Right. And they say, can a Christian have a demon? <laughs> well, the, well, the, well, the what happened to Judas? Right. It says, you know, when he when was he a follower entered, of Jesus, when he when he gave him the bread, dipped it in the um, the sop or the mush, whatever. What do we have today? The hummus. Hummus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it says the devil entered into him. It's like he was thinking all along yes. what he was what was going to happen. He was offended. He was offended. But as soon as the devil entered into him, that's when he acted. Mm-hmm. Said, that what you do, do now quickly. Right. Nobody else knew what was going on. So so that's human nature. If one of the top, so if the devil can get a hold of your emotions, get a hold of the soulish part of you, he can't get a hold of your spirit, but he gets your soul. It's true. And that's what gets cast into hell. And I remember, uh, Dean, you'll be hearing Dean Braxton coming up soon. And I, I, I heard him say on one of his uh, messages that, that what Jesus looks for somebody when they die, if Jesus sees himself in that person, he says, you're in. Mm-hmm. But he, if he doesn't see Jesus in you, you're not coming in the gate. Wow. I thought, wow. So how much do we really know the Lord? How much have we yielded to him? Yes. You know, instead that, of yielding to the devil, instead of yielding to temptation, we, we can yield to the one with whom we have this relationship that he paid for. He paid for us to have this relationship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at Romans chapter 1. This is verse 21. Throughout human history, the fingerprints of God were upon them, yet they refused to honor him as God or even be thankful for his kindness. Instead, they entertained corrupt and foolish thoughts about what God was like. 
This left them with nothing but misguided hearts, steeped in moral darkness. Although claiming to be wise, they were in fact shallow fools. For only a fool would trade the unfading splendor of the immortal God to worship the fading image of other humans. Idols made to look like people, animals, birds, and even creeping reptiles. This is why God lifted off his restraining hand and let them have full expression of their sinful and shameful desires. They were given over to moral depravity, dishonoring their bodies by sexual perversion among themselves. And I believe the key for all of this is right here in this next uh, part of the scripture. All because they traded the truth of God for a lie. Mm, that's it. It's the twisting. It's the yeah. twisting of the truth. Sometimes, sometimes the devil will, will also twist truth. You can, you can say something that's true without it being the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, like maybe, maybe uh, we, were, we were on our way to an appointment and we're running late, but we get behind a logging truck. You know, we're, we, we live on, in a mountain <laughs> area and, and it's a two-lane highway. And if you're behind a logging truck that has to go slowly down the mountain. Or, may, or, a, or a motor home. <laughs> or a motor home or something like that. Or, or some other kind of traffic that slows you down. And you get there and you say, you know, you, you're obviously late. And you say, I'm sorry, I'm late. I got behind a logging truck. And everybody understands that a logging truck will slow you down, but you were behind schedule to begin with, and that's the truth. <laughs> it was true that Very you well got put. behind a logging truck, <laughs> but the truth is you were already running late. It was a good excuse. Yeah, yeah, you, but it's a twisting of the twisting, truth. Twisting, yeah. So you're choosing, you're choosing to lie by telling a twisted truth. Because mm, <laughs> you're not going to necessarily fess up. Or should you? Yes, you probably should. I'm sorry, I was running behind already. And then I got behind a logging truck. I'm I'm sorry, I'm later than I would have been. The humbler you are, the easier it is to tell the truth in something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, just be transparent. It's just better. So go go on, Philip. I'm sorry for interrupting. They worshiped and served the things God made rather than the God who made all things. Glory and praises to him forever and ever. For this reason, God gave them over to their own disgraceful and vile passions, inflamed with lust for one another. Men and women ignored the natural order and exchanged normal sexual relations for homosexuality. Women engaged in lesbian conduct, and men committed shameful acts with men, receiving in themselves the due penalty for their deviation. Yeah, deviation. Go ahead. And because they thought it was worthless to embrace the true knowledge of God, God gave them over to a worthless mindset mm. to break all rules of proper conduct, their sinful lives being full of every kind of evil, wicked schemes, greed, cruelty. Their hearts overflowed with jealous cravings and with conflict and strife, which drove them into hateful arguments and murder. They are deceitful liars full of hostility. They are gossips who love to spread malicious slander. With inflated egos, they hurl hateful insults at God. Yet they are nothing more than arrogant boasters. They are rebels against their parents and totally immoral. They are senseless, faithless, ruthless, heartless, and completely merciless. Although they are fully aware of God's laws and proper order, 
and knowing that those who do all of these things deserve to die, yet they still go headlong into darkness, encouraging others to do the same and applauding them when they do. You know, in the early days of our history, all of our the, your political people, the founders, they knew the Bible. That mm -hmm. was part of reading literature and all that. And so it says here, those that even knew, knew about God and all that still did these things. But now you look at today's society that does not know God. Yeah. And that's why it's even worse. Yeah. Yeah. It, the beginning of Romans 1 is talking about, about how God even shows himself in nature. Even if people haven't heard the truth in, you know, hearing the word of God, be, they're able to tell from nature that there is a God. But but we've had such a, a, a twisting away from the truth in causing people to even question the existence of God. Uh -huh. And if and if God doesn't exist, then we don't have to have any moral standard. Okay, so if, so anybody that's out listening right now, let's say, okay, where do I go next? Right. So what do I do? What do we do? Well, you know, we talked about Adam having been given the dominion over the earth. And he's, he was, he and he re referring to them together as a couple, uh, they were supposed to take care of the earth and steward the earth. And then they got twisted and began giving some of their, of their authority to the devil. But even today it requires the cooperation of man to be able for the devil to be able to accomplish what he's doing. He can't do it just on his own. And so when we cooperate with Jesus, who is the second Adam, he's the one who came to give life and he came to pay the penalty for all the disobedience that ever has been, all the disobedience yeah. and all of that disobedience, whatever kind it is, whether it's homosexuality, whether it's pride, whether it's gossip, whether it's uh, being a backbiter, whether it's being disobedient to parents, whether it's being uh, a covenant breaker or malicious or involved in some kind of sexual immorality. All of these things are sin. And all of these things would take us to hell because that's the devil's plan. He just, he, he just, you know, misery loves company. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want to go to hell by himself. He wants to take as many people with him as he can. But Jesus paid the price so that nobody has to. Yeah. Hell was made for the devil and his angels. So Jesus made the way for us to be restored to the relationship that Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden, where they could walk with God and have communion with God, have fellowship with God, have conversations with God, not knowing, you know, what, what, what is this, Father? And Father tells you. And how do I do this, Father? And Father tells you. That's, that's the relationship that we can have. And this marvelous word that he gave us can be written in our hearts by our relationship with the Holy Spirit as we read the word of God. Say, Holy Spirit, please give me understanding inspire my spirit to receive this the the understanding that is in this word so that i can grow from it and to be able to have your sins erased you know coming to jesus in the first place is getting your sins erased and getting established this relationship with our father and and making him our god and and becoming his own child 
that's how you do it. You, you, you walk in, you can walk into relationship with him by repenting of your sin. Well, what does repent mean? Repent means to return to him. To, you're, you're going the wrong direction and you return back to God. You are designed with God's presence in mind that, that you could walk with him for your whole life. And every place that you are, everything you've been through, is a doorway to God in your life. Everything that, that has gone wrong to you, everything that's gone bad for you, every mistake that you've made has been a case of the devil trying to twist the truth. So God wants to untwist that truth and give you truth instead. And the truth sets you free from the lie. So just ask Jesus to come into your life. If you've already asked him to come into your life, ask him to come in some more. Give more of yourself to him. It's a day-by-day process that we can keep going through and keep getting more and more and more untwisted in our thinking so that our thinking becomes renewed. The renewing of our mind is what it's all about, is, is to walk with him in the renewing of our mind because he wants to put his mind in us so that we can grow up into the maturity of sons of God or of of the bride of Christ so that we can be uh, established in our relationship with him and secure, secure in his truth and rescued from this pit of darkness so that we can be engaged in bringing others to him, bringing others into the truth, bringing others out of darkness into the marvelous light of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence. Mm -hmm.